good evening, everybody. Welcome to our online ministry today. I uh, wanted to just do today's message and worship set for you, uh, for the strictly for the online audience. Um, and I just wanted to make sure you stay up to date with what we're doing. We're launching a new series today called Jesus in the Old Testament. And share this link with a friend. Uh, make, a, make your plans to join us at Summit Church in Douglas County sometime soon. If you'll share this link on uh, social media, it helps the ministry and helps promote what we're doing uh, for the cause of the gospel and growing a local church. So I'm going to get right into worship here today. And I want to encourage you to sing along with me wherever you are. If you're going for a walk, or if you're doing the dishes, if you're at home, if you're just resting or whatever, join me as I sing. And then we're going to get into our Bible study. And it's going to be a great time as we have church online together. This one's called All Because of Jesus I'm Alive. Maker of heaven and over, no one can come. 
everything we need. So Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're welcome on this feed. You're welcome to speak to us, Lord. We want you just to have your way in us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome. We're going to get into the next one. And I, this is one from Nashville. A guy named Phil King wrote it, and, and they sing it at Grace Church. And I just love Lyndall Cooley and all the, the, the things that they're doing down there in Franklin. But we're going to sing this one called No One Could Love Me Like Jesus. Just don't know You're just not ready for you 
Cause this love is washing over what I never knew it's gushing from within my soul. Where would I be? Where would I be? Where would I go without your love? I just don't know. Though the earth's not ready for you yet to be with me. A love so deep that we'll never know. Without your cross, you know I'd be so low. My heart's on fire for you. Nobody can love me like Jesus. worshiping with me and not just listening. This is not a concert. This is an online worship session, and I want you to be worshiping with me. And you might notice that all these songs have something in common. Every single one of these songs uses the name of Jesus. You know, we can talk about God or a higher power or nature or the force, right? But the Bible says that there's no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We worship God as he has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. So I love to sing and using the name of Jesus, invoking his name, that highest name, the name that's bigger than cancer, it's bigger than bankruptcy, it's bigger than depression, it's bigger than fear, it's bigger than any kind of difficulty you can imagine. And so let's just sing about the name of Jesus, the holy anointed name of Jesus. Your word is a lamp 
something about the name of second i'm gonna i know it's in the other room and i'll i'll do a little more worship here in a second let me just grab the one year so i can tell you what it says in the highlighted verse bear with me for a minute all right everybody one year bible for february the 6th the highlighted verse, it comes from Psalm 30, 
verse 2 and 3. O Lord my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave. O Lord, you kept me from falling into the pit of death. Isn't that great that God can rescue us no matter what kind of difficulty we're going through? We can trust Him. We can build our life in the person of Jesus Christ. I wonder if tonight you will put your prayer requests in the chat and let us pray for you. Whatever difficulty you might be going through, I'd be happy to pray for you later or those of you who are watching or listening online, whatever platform you're on, if people put their prayer needs in the chat, would you, would you just type out your prayer, even if it's just two or three sentences? And just pray in the mighty name of Jesus and, and pray by the blood of Jesus that God would begin to do healing work. He'd begin to do miracle work that only he could do on behalf of the situations, the people, places, and things that might be mentioned in, in the chat as, as prayer requests tonight. That would be wonderful. Do one more song and I'm going to get into our study here tonight. It's Build My Life. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, we live for you, Jesus the name above every other name, Jesus the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, we live for you, and holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you, open up my eyes in wonder, show
of all the praise we could ever bring. with our lives in the most wonderful way and help us to become the men and the women, boys and girls, teenagers that you want us to be. Thank you, God, that you inhabit the praises of your people. And as we worship you over this feed, your spirit is dwelling with us right now in the spirit of worship and intercession. We love you, God. Teach us through your word tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, share this link, as I said. Let's use this time here as sort of a greeting moment. Feel free to just take this and share the link with a friend and tell them that the online church here on Sunday night has started. And we're going to get into a study of John 1 and the person of Jesus and this series that I have called Jesus in the Old Testament. Check it out. into that study here in just a minute. I just want to let you, remind you that there are three ways to partner with the ministry, three ways to give. You can click the donate button on mysummitchurch.com or on the Facebook uh, page. You can give by text, uh, by texting this number 303-625-9434. Follow the prompts using your smartphone. 100% of what you give by text will go to the ministry. You can also mail your gift to Summit Church, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. And let's turn in our Bibles here to John chapter 1. You know, the Apostle John was started out as the disciple John. And the disciple John was so intimate with Jesus that, you know, in the first century, people would uh, lean against each other on the table. 
In fact, there were no chairs around dining tables back then. The, the tables were just about a foot off the floor, and you'd put one elbow on the table, and the other hand, you would grab food, you'd grab a drink, you'd grab your hummus, you'd grab your bread, you'd grab your fish, and you'd pass things with the other hand, you'd eat, and then you would lean against the person behind you. Well, John was the disciple that Jesus would lean up against at the table. He was the one that was most physically close to Jesus in proximity, and the Gospel of John is probably one of the most poetic books in the Bible, certainly I think the most poetic of the four Gospels in the New Testament. And so we're going to look here at the first few verses of the Gospel of John, and then I'm going to point to places in the Old Testament where we see an appearance of Christ through miracle signs and wonders, how God was revealing Jesus even then in the creation story. We know he revealed himself to prophets. We know that he appeared oftentimes as a theophany or in different ways throughout the Bible. You think about how Abraham had three angels, three different, three different spirits were visiting him, three traveling as one. What is the three in one? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? There's, there are many cases of a theophany or an angel of the Lord, which, which may be sometimes the pre-incarnate Jesus appearing to Old Testament characters. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the study here tonight. But let, let's look here at John 1, uh, chapter, chapter uh, 1, uh, verses 1 through 5. It says, Christ the eternal word. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The, darkness shine, the, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. My first point here tonight is that Christ is the word of creation. Christ is the word of creation. It was through the living word of Jesus that God spoke the world into existence, right? In, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out without form and void, right? The spirit of the Lord hovered over the faces of the deep. And God, God said through his word, let there be light and there was light. Jesus was there as the living word of God in every moment of creation. And then we can see here in Genesis 26, in fact, I'll pull it up on the app here, just so we can all be playing, playing by the same rules here. Genesis 1, 26. Twenty-eight. Here's what he says. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us, and they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. I want you to see something here. Let us make human beings in our image. Who is the us? Well, it's not angels. Then <laughs> there were no people on the earth. God was referring to, to the other parts of himself. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Christ himself, the living word, right? The Logos, the word of God, the spirit of God. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. 
They'll reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals that scurry on the ground, the small animals that scurry on the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. And then God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed and the morning came, marking the sixth day. You see, six is the number of a man. Seven is the number of perfection. But we see God creating human beings on the sixth day. Isn't that interesting? Let's go back to our key text here today in John chapter 1, verse 6. And we're going to continue with what John says about Jesus, the, the living word of God. Here's what he says in verse, uh, verses 6 through 9. He says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Who is that light? Well, that's my second point here. Christ is the light of the world. Christ came to light up the darkness in your life. He came to light up the darkness in your mind, in your thinking, in your finances, in your marriage, at your job, wherever there's darkness. There's a great book written years ago called My Heart, Christ Home, or Christ Home, My Heart. The idea being that if, you're, if the heart of your life, your, your heart was a house, and you let Jesus come in, Jesus was, will come in and rearrange stuff. He'll come in and clean the kitchen. He'll come in and want to change out the drapes. He'll go, get rid of these. These are ugly. He'll, he'll want to go to your closet. And he'll begin to open it. And you say, oh, no, no, Lord, don't, don't go in there. There's some skeletons in there. And he says, no, no, that's exactly where we're going to go. We're going to clean this up. He goes, no, 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 Lord, I want to clean that up. <laughs> Jesus says, no, we're going to clean that up together. Jesus wants to go into the very darkest places of your heart, your mind, your imagination, and the troubles and the difficulties that you face because he wants to help train you, disciple you, discipline you, help you become the man or the woman that, he is, that God has designed you to be. And so he is the one who lights up the darkness. And I want to look here at Genesis 3, 22. And I'm not going to turn there here with the Bible app, but I'm just going to read it quickly for you. Here's what it says. Then, then the Lord said, the people have become as we are, knowing everything, both good and evil. What if they eat the fruit of, of the tree of life? Then they will live forever. So the Lord banished Adam and his wife from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground uh, from which he had been made. After banishing them from the garden, the Lord stationed mighty angelic beings to, east, to the east of Eden, and a flaming sword flashed back and forth, guarding the way to the tree. Let me ask you something. What does a sword look like when it's stuck in the ground or when it's coming from, from above and down? What, what's the shape of a sword look like? <laughs> kind of looks like a cross, doesn't it? Yeah, God says that you're not getting back into Eden 
unless you go through the cross, that Christ is revealed um, as, as the, the one that came down from heaven, and it's his perfect sacrifice that makes a way for us to the tree of life. You see, there were two trees in the Garden of Eden. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which Adam and Eve were forbidden to eat from. And that's exactly where they wanted to go. As soon as they knew that that was forbidden fruit, isn't that how we are as human beings? You, you say to a child, hey, don't touch the stove. And, the, and, a, child, and a toddler goes, why? Ow. <laughs> right? They immediately want to touch the stove. They immediately want to do the thing that you say don't do, even though it may be harmful or, or wrong or painful. Um, they want to say, why? Well, is, 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 is my mom or dad trying to keep something from me? That's what Adam and Eve thought. And of course, they had the devil there tempting them and telling them that God is, God is, uh, he doesn't, he knows that if you eat this fruit, you'll be like him. And, uh, and God's saying, no, no, <laughs> if we got to get them out of this garden, because if they, in their sinful condition, if they eat of the tree of life, they'll live forever and they'll live forever in a sinful state, in a, in a damned state, in a condemned condition. He says, we can't have these people living forever condemned. We want them to live forever redeemed, forever in a perfect relationship, a perfect union with God. So Jesus came to shine the light. He shines the light on the darkness. He shines light on sin. He shines light on ignorance and confusion. And he wants to bring us back to Eden through the cross. He wants to bring us back to paradise through what he's done, through his sacrificial work on on that tree of life. See, we can't get to the tree of life without going through the cross. Jesus is the way maker who's, who's made a way for us to come to God, to the tree of life, in a redeemed condition. And that's a beautiful idea. Well, let's continue here in verse 10 of John 1. Here's what it says. He says, speaking of Jesus, he came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. See, if we come into Christ, we are born again. We are reborn as children of God. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer children of perdition. We're no longer under the curse of sin. But because of what Jesus has done, we've been adopted into God's family. That's point number three here tonight. Christ purchased our adoption. It's a beautiful, beautiful idea. Christ, res Christ made a way for us to, to become intimate friends with God. Another pre-incarnate appearance of Christ is this person named Melchizedek. Melchizedek. In fact, I'm going to turn here to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. And I love the description of this. It describes who this Jesus was. He was, he was a, a, a man with uh, with Melchizedek, he was he was a man with no father or mother, no beginning, no end. That God was revealing something about Jesus to Abraham, even in the Old Testament. Here's what it says, verse 19. Here, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us, 
He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. Chapter 7, verse 1. This Melchizedek was the king of the city of Salem and also a priest of God Most High. When Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. And then Abraham took a tenth of all that he had captured in battle and he gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice and king of Salem means king of peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the son of God. This is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus to Abraham. Man, and I'm not saying that. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. We, that we see that God was revealing himself even in the Old Testament to the patriarchs, to, to Adam and Eve. Eventually, we'll see, I believe, to Noah and to many others, to, to Moses and to so many of the prophets that God is revealing himself. You know, there's over 300 prophecies written about Messiah in the Old Testament that Jesus has already fulfilled. And there's many more yet to be fulfilled. Which brings me to this next section here of John chapter 1, verse 14. Here's what John 1, 14 says. Let's get there. Verse 14. And so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and, and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of God's one and only son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was speaking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than, than I am, for he existed long before me. John wasn't just talking about a few years before him. He's talking about Messiah being revealed to the prophets in the Old Testament, that Jesus pre-existed pre creation. He was there at creation and beforehand. He always was, always will be. He's the eternal existence son of God. Now that's deep, right? That, is, that goes real deep into who God is and what God is all about. And we have to understand that Christ was trying to reveal more of who God is through, through his glory, through his own life being glorified. And through God being glorified through his ministry, through his teachings, through the miracles, through the signs and wonders. And Christ is the glory of God revealed. And I, I, it immediately reminds me of this beautiful, this passage of what happened to Noah in Genesis 9, 18 through 17. And now let's just turn there. Genesis 9, 8 through 17. Is it 18? 8 through 17. So, it's the sign of the rainbow. Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants, and with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, every living creature on earth. Yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will flood waters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Verse 12, then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. Verse 14, 
When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. And I will remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant that I am confirming with all the creatures on the earth. You see, the rainbow is God's sign. It's not man's sign. Let's see, we as human beings want to ascribe meaning to signs and symbols, but God is the one who gets to tell us what those things mean. A lot of people think the rainbow is a symbol of pride. The rainbow is not a symbol of pride. The rainbow is a, is a symbol of mercy. It's, it's, God said it's a symbol of mercy. The punishment that you deserve, I'm not going to mete out. <laughs> I'm going to show you mercy instead of judgment. The rainbow is a symbol of God's mercy. It's not a symbol of pride. And when we try to ascribe our own meaning to God's signs, we're doing ourselves a disservice and we're dying the truth of what God has said about his word and about the symbols that he's revealed himself. See, God has revealed himself to us in a way that's easy to understand, at face value, that even a child can understand. And Jesus, in many ways, I think, is like the rainbow. Jesus is the mercy of God. Grace has been described like this. It's God's God's redemption at Christ's expense. God's redemption at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E. God's redemption at Christ's expense. That Jesus took the beating that should have been ours. He took upon himself and then he offers us eternal life because of his sacrifice. Not because we deserve it, but because he's already purchased it. And all we have to do is appropriate it. Let him pay for, for our own sins. And many people are uncomfortable with that idea. I'd rather pay for my own sins. Sorry, Jesus, I, I know you already died for me, but I'd rather, I'd rather pay for my own sins. That's not how it works. You could never do enough good works. And we'll talk more about that in a, in a minute or two. But this brings me to point number five. And as we finish up here in John chapter one, let's look at verse 16, skimming down here. Here's what it says in verse 16. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the, the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. My final point, my fifth and final point here tonight is that Jesus reveals the Father. Jesus said, God is not some judge just waiting to bring the hammer down. No, he's your dad. He's your heavenly Father. In Matthew chapter 5, we see that he teaches us that prayer that most Christians pray, whether you're Catholic, Protestant, or anything in between. We know the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen see until jesus came along nobody thought about god as being a father he told the story of the prodigal son he said this is what god is like he's like 
a, a father with two sons. He's got a good son and a bad son. And the bad son demanded his inheritance. He went and spoiled it all. And the father sees him when he's coming home. He picks up his robes and says, running to his son. He says, my son who is dead, he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. That God is longing for the lost person just to come home. He doesn't care how bad you've been. He doesn't care what you've done. He just says, come to me. Come to me. Put, maybe put a, a robe on your back. Put a ring on your finger. Put sandals on your feet. Let's throw a barbecue. Let's throw a party. My son who is dead, he's alive again. And God is just saying the same thing to you and I if we're, if we're wayward or we're far from him. He says, stop all that mess. Let's get all the dirt off you. Let's bring you into the household. Let's bring you home. And that, that's so timely for so many people who have been far from God for so long. And we can see here in, in Genesis 3.15, the final cross-reference I'm going to look at here. And there's going to be lots of cross-references in this series on Jesus in the Old Testament. Because I want to show you New Testament examples that point back to Old Testament happenings. Genesis 3.15 is a prophecy about Jesus in Genesis. This is when the snake... <laughs> the serpent tempts Adam and Eve to fall, and then they're caught in their sin, and God judges the serpent, and he, and he judges Adam and Eve. In verse 14, he says, So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you will be punished. You were singled out from all the domestic and wild animals of the, of the whole earth to be cursed. You will grovel in the dust as long as you live, crawling along on your belly. By the way, what do you call a snake with legs? It's a lizard. It's a dragon, right? It's it, it curvy bodies with with legs. Uh, a, a lizard that can talk <laughs> and can and is a prince of the power of the air. So that's a dragon, and so that that's why the dragon is the symbol of Satan. But I digress here. So from verse fifteen, it says, "From now on, you and the woman will be enemies, and your offspring and and her offspring will be enemies. He will crush your head." And you will strike his heel. This is a prophecy about Jesus, that Jesus is going to crush the head of the serpent. Jesus was going to defeat the devil for all eternity through his singular work on the cross. That Jesus is the victor. He's already won the victory. It's already been, it's already been managed by God. God has already planned the victory. It's already in the works. But it's maybe a lot like World War II. The distance between the, the landing at Normandy and the fall of Berlin <laughs> took many, many months. And there were many battles to fight. That's how it is we're living right now. We're living in a, in a, in a, a war that has been won by Jesus, but we still have battles to fight. There's still The enemy is resisting. And yet we are called to keep fighting the good fight of faith, knowing that Jesus is the victor. You need his victory. You need him in your life. Maybe you watch a message like this and you go, I, I wish I knew Jesus. I don't even know how to begin the relationship. Well, let me just tell you something brief. It's, we call it the gospel. The G-O-S-P-E-L. G. God created us to be with him. You're made to worship. You're going to worship something. It might be the devil or it might be the Lord. It could be fame. It could be riches. It could be the adulation or, or, or just... Um, admiration of people. It could be celebrity, whatever you're longing for. You're going to worship something. I advise that you worship God because he's the only one that's worthy of our worship. God created you in his image for a relationship. 
and our sins separate us from God. We know that, don't we? Like when we sin, we feel guilty. A lot of times when someone is, is sinning, they're doing things they know are wrong, they avoid going to church, they avoid Christians, they don't want to listen to Christian radio or Christian music, they want to get away from anything that reminds them of their sinful condition. The S in gospel stands, says that, that sins can't be paid for by doing good deeds. Religious activity will not save you. You see, paying the price, P in gospel, paying the price for our sin, Jesus died and he rose again. E in gospel, spell, <laughs> E is that everyone can trust Christ and have eternal life by putting their faith in him. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you feel that you are from God. He will receive you. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 that if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You can't out God's love and grace. He is the loving Heavenly Father that's running to you saying, come home. And the L in gospel is that life that's eternal it begins the moment you say yes to Jesus and it lasts for all eternity. Well, are you ready to do that? Are you ready to give your life to Christ? It's a simple prayer of just turning your life over. What if you pray that prayer with me right now? The prayer of opening your heart and letting Christ come in. Repeat after me right where you are. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for going my own way. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Please come into my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now this promise is for everyone who will put their faith in, in Christ. It doesn't matter how rich or poor, educated or ignorant you are. It doesn't matter what your experience or knowledge of the Bible is. God takes you just as you are. And you begin a relationship as a disciple of Jesus. And I encourage you to get into a good local church. Get a, get a Bible that's easy to understand. And start growing in your love of the Lord. Start praying on a regular basis. And invite Him to be a part of your life. So glad you hung in here for the study tonight and the worship. I encourage you to, to find out more about our ministry. If you don't have a church home, I want to tell you about a great church family. It's Summit Church of, of Douglas County. We meet at 4240 North Perry Park Road in Sedalia. We'd love to have you any Sunday morning at 1030 Mountain Time or join us on, on, online in our various platforms. Or maybe some of the things that I said went so fast. You're like, I, I don't know more. I want to know more about God, but I have questions. I've got concerns. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm really ready for all this faith stuff. We do a course called the Alpha Course. And it's on Thursday nights at 6.30. It always starts with a meal. And then we have a, a talk or a video. And it's followed by a discussion. And we explore the meaning of life. And we talk about the, the basics of Christianity. Alpha would be a great place to start to at least begin the discussion and just visiting the basics of what Christianity is all about. We invite you to be a part of that. Our launch for Alpha is going to be Thursday night, February 24th at 6.30. And I want even now, just mark your calendar, make your plans to join us for the Alpha course this month. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me tonight. And I'm going to pr pronounce a blessing and we'll go. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, lift your countenance, and give you his peace. In Christ's name, amen.
Amen. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see many of you during the week in different online outreaches and ministries. Hopefully see some of you this Sunday at Summit Church. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hansen. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com, and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts using your smartphone. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Rima, and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life.